0: And then the last celebration that I have is coming to church. Now, uh, yeah, of course I would say that, but I was here last week, but I wasn't here. It wasn't that I was so sick that I was in a fog, it was just that I was sick enough I didn't need to be around y'all. So... Uh, I, I came in in the morning. I stayed in here all through connect groups. Uh, I never went out into the foyer when the, anybody was there. If you heard the bass guitar but didn't see it, it's because I was right over there playing it off to the side so I wouldn't be up here with everybody. Um, then I came out and I preached, and I went back out there on that side and disappeared, and and I was, I was here but i didn't get out of church everything i'm supposed to get out of church last week i didn't realize it while i was here but i did when i went home and felt like man something was missing you know what it was y'all because i had not been able to interact with you hug necks and shake hands and 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 that's coming from an introvert right I, I'm not. I have to force myself to do those things because that doesn't come naturally to me. Yet when I don't get it, I missed it, and I, I missed it even more. Being here but not getting it. So let me encourage you, those of you who are watching at home. If it's you're still concerned about illness and and those sorts of things, I get it. I understand staying at home. But if you're just staying at home because we're online, you're missing church. You may get a sermon, but you are missing church because I was here in the room and I missed a lot of church. Because I couldn't interact, couldn't really be with my church family. So I celebrate that we get to meet. It, 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 online is not the same. Podcasts are not the same. Uh, and, and I got to truly see that uh uh, last week and i'm thankful that the lord did that for me uh kept me out that day so i could see it so clearly our uh is it the title screen or the so yeah the title uh this morning obeying is seeing our memory verse this week oh it's memory verse it's probably next there it is all right our memory verse a couple more are there words gone are more words gone? That doesn't look like more words. Uh, that's not right, but... Okay. All right. So we'll go with what we have. Let's say it. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. My father is glorified by this that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. John fifteen five and 8. I wish it said that you produce much produce you know those two words same word pronounced differently mean something different that would have have been neat All right, so John 14 verses 22 through 26 a a section of our greater reading this week We're, we're pulling that out we're gonna zoom in on it let me ask you some questions those of you who who work at highly technical jobs are gonna be able, I think, to answer yes to this very easily. Some of us whose jobs are not quite as technical, uh, maybe not, but I bet you you've had something like this. Did you ever have some technical skill at your job or even elsewhere that you had to learn, and it was it was intricate, it was in depth, it was uh, required certain actions in a certain order to make sure it was done right? I'm guessing most of us, if not all of us, have. I mean, even, even me with a desk job during the week, uh, I've got to learn to do the email, I've, I've got, I had, you know, pro presenter to learn. It, we all have those things. Did you get to the point, or maybe I should say it this way, what was it like the first time you had to do that with no help and no oversight? Was that a little bit harrowing for you little little uncertain it was for me even things as simple back when you know working various part-time jobs in, in a cash register at a, a department store i w- i worked in the uh that's how far back it goes maison blanche in the new mall in baton rouge it was new in 1998 uh I worked at a, department, a store in Cortana Mall in Baton Rouge, and if you're familiar, you know how that is. It's not, it's not even there anymore. I think some of the building's there, but the, the mall isn't. And that first time that you worked the cash register and nobody's there, and, and the mon- I, 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 money, woo, well, i got to be sure this is right or I could get in a lot of trouble. It's, it's nerve-wracking, and that was a little cash register. Those of you who pushed buttons at plants where billions of gallons of explosive stuff flows around and off and on, and if you don't push the button right, half of this part of the country explodes or something. That's what y'all do, right? Okay. Um, Mercy, or, let's see, Jim Milton, if you don't hook up a wire right, nobody in this part of the country has power. If you don't, you know, he's you, sitting there at the substation and flips the wrong switch. You know, that's, that's a big deal. Now imagine that you had had three years of training on something. Three years of training. And you're about to be left alone to do it yourself... And you still don't get it. That's where the disciples were. They they had three years of training to evangelize the entire world. In just a few days from where we are in John 14, Jesus is going to say, You will be my disciples to the ends of the earth. My messengers, my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Go to the ends of the earth. The whole world baptize, and teach. By the way, I'm leaving. You're on your own to do it now. All these things I've taught you, all these technical skills that you have, you know, don't take a purse, do take a purse. Don't take a sword, do take a sword. As, as, As shrewd as serpents and as innocent as doves, you've heard it said, but I say... Love your neighbor as yourself. On and on and on. I've got to remember all this. And he's not going to be here to tell me anymore. At least that's what they're thinking. In this passage we're looking at, Jesus promised continual help. That he was leaving, but he wasn't leaving them alone. They were going to have somebody... Standing over their shoulder, push this button, don't push that button. No, that blows up half of Louisiana. Don't push, you know, this one got don't turn off their power, etc., etc. But we find that there's a requirement to receive that. We receive the Holy Spirit when we're saved, but there's we've got to back up a little bit. Jesus says He's not going to leave us alone but it's not quite that simple. Our big idea this morning, to truly see Jesus, you must obey Him. Obeying is seeing. It's what He tells the, the disciples here. He gives us a little progression of how things are going to work. Read with me John 14, through 26. Judas, not Iscariot, Don't be confused, said to him, Lord, how is it you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I've spoken these things. To you while I remain with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. The disciples understood Judas, uh, not Iscariot. Not Jesus' brother, the one who's referred to as Judas of James, I believe, in other places, in one other place. He's understood some things. He's understood Jesus is going away. He's understood that in the coming days, Jesus would reveal himself, but not to everybody, just to, to his disciples. They're confused by this. If we go back in John, if you remember his his brothers back in John six, something along in there, said, Why don't you just show everybody who you are? Go go make a big show and they'll follow you, is what they were saying. And and Jesus is saying, I this is back when he's saying I'm not gonna not gonna go to the, 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 the temple, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna make a big show. If we read other gospels, he will uh, perform miracles. Now, don't tell anybody that this happened. Judas, Judas says, how, how is this going to work? How are you going to show yourself to us and not everybody else? Well, the truth is, other folks are going to see, but they're not going to see. I remember um, in watching a, a movie a few years ago, about Jim Elliot and the other guys in um, Costa Rica, no. no, Ecuador, Ecuador. They, the the um, the, the language that Mincaye and and the Alca people spoke was uh, very picturesque. Uh, it's kind of like I talked about Hebrew last week. And, and they didn't have abstract principles in their language. They didn't talk about things that they couldn't see. If they, if they had a word for something, it was uh, a, a concrete word that, that gave them an image when they said it. If, if death was jumping the great serpent, you're passing over to the other side. Um, they, they didn't have a word for knowing something their word for knowing something was seeing i see you i know you i see the the creator i know the creator now and that's what we're talking about here seeing in this case is knowing but john even uses a, a different word that, that means the same thing, love. To, to, to know someone equals to see someone equals to love someone. But we got to back up to the seeing part in this case. To see Jesus is to love Jesus. If anyone loves me, if anyone loves me, if The claim is that he's he's implying, he's insinuating that disciples, I know you say you love me. Keep this in mind when we get to the end of the chapter and he says, Peter, do you love me? Do you see me? Do you know me? Know me, see me, love me, then obey me, feed my sheep. It's a common theme here. He claims that he knows because Peter says, you know I do, Lord. You know I do, Lord. You know I do, Lord. I love you. But see, a lot of them, a lot of the people in the the, the cities, they saw Jesus, but they saw him wrongly. They knew who he was. So Judas's question, how are you going to show yourself to us and not them? He has shown himself to them. He's taught in the temple. He's done the miracles. He has made a name for himself in Jerusalem. People saw him. So it's not like nobody was seeing him. They just didn't see him. They didn't know him. They didn't love him. The ones who wanted to see They truly saw. The ones who wanted to see, who were looking for the Messiah, who were hoping for the Messiah, who were banking on God's promises, go all the way back to Simeon and Anna at his birth. They saw in a baby. They knew the Lord's salvation has come. Let your servant die in peace. They saw, they knew, They loved because they wanted to. Jesus is saying, if if you want to see me, you'll see me. If you want to see the truth, you will see the truth. If anyone loves me, sees me, knows me, if Jesus was not going to force anybody to see him, he was going to do his thing. And the people were going to have to respond. He wasn't going to force them to love him. He wasn't going to force them to do those things. They must respond to him. It is a conditional statement. If means you don't have to, and everybody won't. People have seen Jesus for 2,000 years, and they haven't really seen him. Why? Well, the first reason is they, they don't come to see him the way he is to be seen. They're not looking for that. They don't even want that. They want to see what they want to see. They want a Jesus in their image. They want a God in their image instead of them being in God's image. They want to create a God of their own making. It's just another idol, a Jesus of, of their construction but the other reason they don't see they don't love is because they don't obey the rest of that verse if anyone loves me he will keep my words skip down to 24 and 25 the one who doesn't love me will not keep my words the word that you hear is not mine but it's from the father who sent me I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. To see is to love. To love is to obey. The claim at the, begin, at the first part of, the, of, of verse 23 is they love Jesus. Then the proof of your love is your obedience. This is not the first time he said it. This has been a common theme for Jesus. If you love me, you're going to obey me. If you really see me, if you really know me, you are going to obey me. You are going to keep my word. And this word here is the entire revelation that he has given over the past three years. Plus, everything we learn about him in the Old Testament, those things that he fulfills, which he fulfills the whole thing in following the law, but as they have read the Old Testament, just their Bible, not the Old Testament, they have prepared themselves. Anna and Simeon were going on everything they had learned up to that point. And then Jesus comes along and he teaches for three years. So all of that is his revelation, not just a few commands, not just to do this and don't do that. That's what the Pharisees wanted. Give us a list. We can follow the list. But if you give us a revelation, that's harder. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Follow the entire revelation. It makes that technical job harder. You learn the technical job, right? By, okay, I follow all of these steps exactly and nothing blows up. If I get something switched, I blow up something. Jesus says, it's not a list of steps, it's me. It's my revelation. It's being like me, it's following me. Well, Jesus, you taught all these things, sure did, and, and you need to follow those things. And you did all these things, I sure did, and you need to emulate me. And then you said these hard things, sure did, they are hard things. Trust me, pray to me, listen to me. Don't want to get ahead of myself. Jesus, this is hard. Yeah. He's telling us it is not enough to claim love or a relationship. I've seen Jesus, I've gone beyond that. I love Jesus. I think he's great. Do you obey him? Eh. Let's not get crazy. Not a Bible thumper. Not a, not, not one of those weird Christians that you know, does what Jesus says. Like, loves my neighbor as myself. Like goes out of my way to help someone that, given the opportunity, A uh, I, would not help me, and B, I would avoid The reality, verse 24, though, is that the reality of this statement is though the claim is that they love Jesus and the proof is his obedience. The reality is that in the world, some don't love Jesus. In this room, some don't love Jesus. How do I know? Because they don't obey him. It's easy to see among the ones who don't claim to see slash love slash know Jesus. It's it's easy to see that, well, we, we know they don't obey Jesus. It's harder when you get to the folks who claim it, but don't live it. They say some right words, but there's no evidence that you don't, or that you love Jesus. Because you don't keep his words. And Jesus says, if you love me, if you truly know me, if you have a relationship with me, you will obey me. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you the authority that comes in this command. Verse 25, or rather, second half of verse 24. The word that you hear is not mine, but it's from the Father who sent me. The authority is that God says it must be this way. Therefore it's true. Well, I don't think I have to obey everything Jesus says to be his. Okay, but God says you do. Well, I don't have to love my neighbor. I don't have to stop this. I don't But God says you do. God says you are constantly being sanctified, becoming more like Jesus. I know we're not perfect. God knows we're not perfect. But if we are voluntarily, intentionally setting aside some of his commands because we don't like them or they're hard or that doesn't allow us to do these things we want to do, then we are not showing a relationship with Jesus I'm not talking about when we stumble, fall, and mess up. I'm talking about when we are determined, no, I am not going to be that. I'm not going to do that. I don't like that. Therefore, I'm saying, you don't love Jesus. If you can willfully set aside his commands and say, no, The authority of God said it. The teacher, the master teacher, Jesus taught it. And he only teaches what he is is told. He prepared the disciples for the time that he wouldn't be there. He was preparing us for the time that he wouldn't be here. He wouldn't always physically be around. And now the disciples are scared. They are worried. I go to prepare a place for you. Many rooms. Lots of room. Big, big house. Lots and lots of food. And football. And he says, I'm going to do that. And the disciples don't say, well, whoosh. We are so glad that we're getting that. that. That takes away all of our fears, all our concerns, all this, these feelings of abandonment. No, they say, what in the world are we going to do? Thanks for later, but what about now? You're leaving. To see is to love. To love is to obey to obey is to really see. Verse 23b, 25 and 26, my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Verse 25. I've spoken these things to you while I remain with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. The result of loving and obeying is threefold in this one little sentence in Verse 23, first, God will love you. Well, we know God is love. God can't get around loving. It is who he is. It's a a character trait of his. We know that God loved the world in this manner that he sent his only son. We know that love is an overarching aspect of God's work on earth. It's not that God doesn't love you. But when you love Jesus and when you obey Him, your love to Jesus will be returned, will be reciprocated. You will be aware of the love. Why? Number two, they will come. The Father and I, we will come to Him if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, return the love, and you will know the returned love because we will come to him. He will be near us. He will be with us. And, and we might be tempted to say or assume that it's, a, a, it's many moments of coming and leaving. And But no, no, he, number three, they will stay. So it's not just if you love me, you'll obey me, and if you, when you obey me, God will come. God will love you, we will come to you, and then when you're fearing abandonment again, when you feel bad, well, then we'll show back up and we'll comfort you again, but then we'll leave, and then when something, back, well, we'll come back. No, 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 we will stay with you. We will never leave you, never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the result of to see is to love, to love is to obey, and to obey is to really see. God and Jesus come and live with us, but, but he's not done. Yes, they will be with us and in us, but how? He says, I will send a counselor. The counselor, the Holy Spirit, rather God will send him. The counselor, the Holy Spirit. We have the title of this guy. He is the counselor. When you think of counselor, how many of you think of like a psychologist? Slip your hand up. Okay, thanks for participating this morning, none of you. Um, uh, when, okay, a few of you. When you think of a counselor, how many of you think, of, think of you think of a lawyer? Slip your hand up those are good. Advocate. That one word counselor means both, and I think it's, it's great that we refer to these two jobs that seem very, very different with the same word when we discuss the Holy Spirit, because He will be a lawyer, an advocate for us. Jesus is our advocate in heaven. Uh, That's what Scripture says. He's there advocating for us at the throne. But we have an advocate with us, the Holy Spirit, who makes the same argument because he and Jesus are both God. He makes the same uh, uh, courtroom argument when the accuser comes and accuses us before God, Jesus says, he's mine. And when the accuser comes to us and says, you're nothing, you're worthless, you see how you sinned, see, you can't keep all this, the advocate in us says, he's mine. The counselor also counsels us. It was a hard day in court that day. With Satan accusing and us feeling beat up. And the Holy Spirit comforts, listens to us like a counselor does. Teaches, shows, explains, helps, builds up, encourages the counselor. Both jobs that we need. You'll not be alone. We will come and you will also receive, because God will send in my name. His name, this title, Counselor, his name is Holy Spirit. You can put a Mr. in front of it if you want to. Mr. Holy Spirit. That's who he is. That is his name. That is the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, sent by God in Jesus' name. Jesus is sent by God, Jesus tells us, the second person of the Trinity, the Son, Sent by God, but the Holy Spirit is also sent by God, but in Jesus' name. We see the connectedness of the Trinity. This is not, and and this is a great image that I've shared on social media before, but if you can envision it in your head as a triangle, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in a triangular formation. And remember, all analogies break down, triangle, triangle, God in the middle. The Son is God. But the Son is not the Father. The Father is God, but the Father is not the Holy Spirit and not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Son, but the Holy Spirit is God. They are all God, but they're not each other. They're distinct. Three persons. One God. So that as confusing as it might be, is also a comfort. Jesus is not sending an angel. Jesus did not go up there and, send, I'm sendi- say, and, and say, I'm sending you Michael. Some of y'all just got cold sweats. Him? I'm sending you Gabriel. This is no lesser being, no lesser mediator. No, no uh, substitute teacher that doesn't know the lesson. I'm not bashing substitute teachers. That was me. I remember distinctly substitute teaching. <laughs> I was babysitting. A high school sign language class. I taught nothing. That was... That was I was babysitting. I was there to make sure nobody killed each other. The forty-five minutes were up, and 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 it looked hopefully like something got done. That was me substitute teaching a high school sign language class. That's not the Holy Spirit. A substitute that's up there sitting at the desk say, um, "Okay, I got a stack of stuff here. If you get done with that, I don't know what else to do." Uh, work on this, and be quiet. That was me. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He's not Jesus, but he's co-equal with Jesus. So what Jesus taught, what Jesus knew, what God the Father knows and teaches, the Holy Spirit knows and teaches. He was another John says right before, Jesus says right before this, I will send you another counselor. Another, as we discussed in our connect group, is something that's very similar but different. The same but different. It's probably an analogy that breaks down when we talk about the Trinity, so be careful. But yeah, the same but different. Not Jesus, but co equal with Jesus. And then Jesus gives us the job description. His title is Counselor, His name is Holy Spirit, and His job description is twofold. He says He will teach. But the Counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Trinity, will teach you all things. Teach you all things. Jesus has been here for three years, y'all. He has been teaching. And he knows we still need to be taught. The Holy Spirit is not coming up with new lessons. If if I had gone in as a substitute teacher, let's just pick a a subject that that I might actually know a little about. I actually taught 8th grade science for 3 years. So I could teach that again. If I had gone in as a substitute teacher to some school in the 8th grade science class and said, all right, today... We are going to uh, your your lesson is on Punnett squares and uh, the genetics of blue eyes, brown eyes, different colored eyes, and we're going to figure out what the likelihood of an offspring having a particular color eye is based on the use of a Punnett square when we know the eye color of the two parents. That's your lesson today. We're not going to do that. Today, we're going to talk about George Washington crossing the Delaware River during the American Revolution. I am way off the lesson here. That is not necessary for science class. Or, I could get up and say, no, today we're going to discuss the fact that the earth is actually flat. That's further off the lesson, because at least George Washington did cross the Delaware, but now I'm creating new science Pseudoscience, not real stuff. The Holy Spirit is not coming to bring a new lesson. The Holy Spirit doesn't tell us things Jesus didn't. The Holy Spirit is here to teach what Jesus taught. We might call it spiraling in today's education system. Going back and bringing forward stuff that we've been taught and adding to other things that need to be taught. But nothing new. Because he teaches us and he reminds us. John says a number of times in his gospel, and they remembered Jesus saying. Something happened and they're like, I remember when he told us that. Why? Why? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reminded them. When when this happened, the Holy Spirit said, You remember Jesus told you that? Oh, that's right. Well, What does this mean? He told you that too. Let me teach it to you again. It's not new revelation, but it is understanding and recalling what has already been revealed. I'm not leaving you alone. I'm sending another one, just like me, only different, who's going to teach and remind you. And when the Holy Spirit uh, reminds you and teaches you, when you love and obey and really see, you learn. You grow in your faith. You mature as a disciple. But it starts with loving him. Yes, you, believer. Or at least prayer prayer. Water dunker. Isle walker. Yes, you say, I've seen him. Do you love him? Of course I love him. Do you obey him? That's the test. Not did you get dunked, did you walk an aisle, did you pray a prayer, but is your life different? Are you changed? Are you following him? Are you obeying him? This morning, everyone in here has seen Jesus through his word. You've heard his actual words. You've seen him, but do you love him? And if you answer in the affirmative, you love him, I'm going to ask you, okay? You say you love him, but do you obey him? And you say you obey him. Then I'm going to ask you, but is the Holy Spirit teaching and reminding you? Because last I checked, nobody in here is perfect. So, your walk should be altered by the Holy Spirit. So, is your life changing because the Holy Spirit is reminding and teaching you? And I, do other people see it too? Yes, that's important in a church family as body parts. We've talked about this before. My hand on its own doesn't care that I have an infected ingrown toenail. That, that, my hand works fine with, with, with an ingrown toenail down here, but that infection affects my whole body. So the hands know, I've got to get the implements and cut off that toenail. Pull it out of there. Put some Neosporin on it. Maybe go to the doctor and take an oral antibiotic to take care of the infection. The whole body has to work together to get rid of the problem. So does the church body see you being taught, you being reminded? Do you see? If you don't, are you obeying Jesus? Because if you're obeying Him, God will love you. They will come to us and they will stay, and we will receive the Holy Spirit and He will remind and teach. If you don't obey, then do you really love Jesus? If you don't love Jesus, have you seen Him? Have you really seen him? Not the Jesus that you want it to be, not the, the not the Nordic Jesus in the picture, not the Jesus that that fits what you wish Jesus was or what you would like, but the Jesus of Scripture. Have you seen Jesus this morning? You can. I, I think you've seen him. Mental acknowledgement. You've seen him, but. It's got to go further today. Today, you need to really see him, know him. John calls it believing in him. We'll call it trusting him. You are a sinner. Really, you've got to see yourself first. You are a sinner. And the wages of sin is death. You will get what you deserve, eternity from God, separated from God. That that is your wage. That is is who you are. See yourself. See God, that He does not want you to stay there. God loved the world in this manner. Uh, The the gift of God is eternal life. He has provided a way. You've got to see it. You've got to see yourself. You've got to see the way. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you really see? Oh, well, yeah, I like Jesus. No, no, no. Jesus our Lord. It ain't about liking, it's about lording. Making him your Lord. If you really see him this morning, he'll save you. If you really come to him, he will change your heart. And then you obey Him. And see the Holy Spirit work in your life. If you want to truly see Jesus, obey Him. And your first step to obey is to believe. Now you have a next step. Accept Him, of course. Believe Him. Accept salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The first obedience after salvation is to be baptized, like Miss Jerry's going to do next week. Like the young lady did just a few weeks ago. You won't see her anymore, by the way. They moved to Arkansas like a week and a half later. She wanted to follow in obedience in baptism at the church that had discipled her over the last however many months. She saw Jesus. Miss Jerry saw Jesus. They love Jesus. They want to obey Jesus. What is your obedience? Believer, do you need to conform some things to Christ? Do you need to uh, submit to a plan that you don't want to submit to? Obey. Join our church. Whatever your decision is this morning, now's the time to make it. You can share that with us on a connection card that's in the back of the seat in front of you, online. You can send us an email, a message, whatever. But now is your time to make this decision and take this step. As we sing, as we worship, as you, through song, see Jesus. Will you love him and obey him today? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you still show us Jesus. That we still have the opportunity to see. See? See him? Now love him. You're drawing us. You're drawing someone this morning to love him. To be a follower of Jesus. Lord, I pray that person will respond in faith. And then come and be a part of being discipled among a community of faith where we obey and are more like Jesus. And when we get to be like, when we get to obey, we will hear the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that we receive at the moment of salvation. But Lord, are we listening? We're not listening if we're not obeying. Lord, for believers in the room this morning, help us to obey and to hear the Holy Spirit when he teaches and reminds. Lord, we pray your work in this place will be unhindered as you move in hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand, sing. Let Jesus work on our hearts, and you obey him.